We thank you because indeed you are a beautiful God. We thank you because indeed you are a glorious God. We thank you because indeed you are an excellent God. We bow before you this morning. Our hearts are open unto you. Mighty God, speak to us. Let our heart be receptive to your word. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I commit myself into your hand. I know not what to say. I can't communicate effectively. But Lord, I pray, this morning you will speak through me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let your word find a place in the heart of your children. Let your word draw them closer to you. And at the end, let all glory be returned unto you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. As uh, Deacon David has mentioned, today is our day. We have Sunday school students here today. Hallelujah. We have the Sunday school students and the teacher. Today is our day, and we want to sincerely appreciate our daddy for giving us the opportunity to live from the front today. We, we are very grateful, sir. We thank you for how you have been leading us. Our pastor is the regional Sunday school coordinator, so we're only working with him. We really appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Today, by the special grace of God, the thing we are looking at is making disciples for Christ. Amen. Making disciples for Christ. We underline two words there, or three, making disciples and Christ. Who is a disciple? A dictionary said a disciple is someone who has learned or who by the reason of learning become a follower or a learner who submits to discipline. One who becomes a disciplined learner. But today, we're talking about the follower of Christ. Making follower for Christ, the disciples of Christ. Turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. So then Jesus said to those G- Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you will be my disciples. If you abide in my words, you will be my disciple. We all have followers. I know if I say, you know, if, if I say raise your hand to know who and who has a follower, I know a lot of us here, we have followers. We have people that are following us. Somebody said on Twitter. 
At least we have followers on social media. We have followers on Twitter. We have followers on Facebook. Name them. And if you were like me that joined a high five before, before Facebook was high five, we have a lot of followers there. So people follow you and you follow people. I have some statistics here. If the technical team can help me present that, uh, project that. In one way or the other, we are following people. Or people are following us. So there are a lot of statistics out there showing the amount of time that people, that you and I, the amount of effort that we commit to follow other people. Let's leave the first three. We go to the fourth one. That's the president of the United States of America that we all can recognize. Over 75 million people following him on Twitter. Over 75 million following him on Twitter. The same thing, if we go to the next slide, sir. Over 2.1 billion people follow Christianity. So in one way or the other, we have disciples, we have people that are following us. Why do we follow people? You can take it off, Nasa. Thank you. Why do we follow people? We follow people for various reasons. We follow people either because they are famous, like Barack Obama. We follow people either because they have some quality that we like. Or we follow people because we belong to the same profession. We follow people for, diverse, for various reasons. Or there are, we follow people because they are our mentor. They are people that we aspire to be like. In some cases, we do not only follow people. We recommend people. We tell our friends, we tell our family members to follow people. But today, we are talking about the most influential person that have ever lived on earth, that we ever live on earth. We are talking about the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. We are talking about Jesus, making disciples for Jesus, recommending followers for Jesus. Introducing Jesus to our friends. Introducing Jesus to every member of our family. Introducing Jesus in our community, in our neighborhood, in our city, and in our world. We are talking about the owner of silver and gold. The owner of the cattle upon a thousand years. The one that will be forever. A lot of the people we follow, they're only here but for a time. 
the Apple founder uh, Steve had a lot of millions of followers, but his name didn't appear on the chart we saw because he's gone. But Jesus will always be there. Are you following him? Have you recommended him to somebody? Christ is the word. You know, some of us that were here on Wednesday, when Pastor Will was looking at John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5, he emphasized on the importance of the word. Christ is the word. Christ is the word. So no man can make disciple for Christ without Christ. No man can make disciple for Christ without Christ. God is depending on you and me. God is depending on us to make disciples for him through his word, which is Christ. To recommend people for him. How effectively are we doing this? In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. It said, Go therefore and make disciples for all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go ye therefore and make disciples for him. Brethren, God is speaking to somebody here today. It might be you have been doing this before now. But by the reason of the current situation, what is happening, the attention has been shifted. But the Lord is saying, this is the great commission. You know, when our brother was teaching this morning, Radami, he said, if the only reason why God left you and I on earth is to buy a car to build a house, he says it's of, no, it's of no use. The reason why God saved you and I and didn't take us home that same day is because he wants you and I to make disciples for him. Christ loved us so much that the very day we made a confession, he could have said, I have God is one and he will take us home. Oh, he left you and I. So, in everything that we do, let us do it. Either in our actions, in the words that we speak, where we go, the people we associate with, let us do it to make followers for Christ. Let us do them to recommend Christ to people. Brethren, you will agree with me. Lots of people are out there making followers for themselves all in the name of God. A lot of people are out there gathering people, gathering followers for themselves. It's more about man and less of God.
we accommodate God around every other thing that we want to do and achieve. But God's supposed to be the center. Every other thing should be built around God. Jesus Christ is being daily taken away from the picture. Today we have a lot of beautiful posters of men and women. A lot of them Photoshop of people, of human beings. And when you look at some of the posters, you say, where is God in this? One of the Sunday school teachers, we always see a lot of funny signboard. Uh, as you forward it to all of us, we laugh and laugh. Where is God in it? No man can make disciple for Christ without Christ. Tell me, if not that men are making followers for themselves, why should somebody, a pastor of a church, leave the church, plant another church nearby, and everybody in the old church relocate to the pastor's church? As Christ relocated. Or was he just making disciples, followers for himself? No wonder today a lot of people defend the undefendable. They don't see anything wrong in that. But remember, remember, in that John 8, 31 where we read, he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in his word. Where is God in it? It was not so from the beginning. It was not so from the beginning. To the apostles of old, it was all about Christ. It was all about Christ. It was all about Jesus Hence, if you look at John chapter 3, verse 30, John chapter 3, verse 30, John the Baptist said, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. The underlining word here is the must. It's not negotiable. It's mandatory. It's compulsory. So, brethren, as we go out to make disciples for Christ, let us always remember to show them the way to Christ. Because you and I, we are just on a pilgrimage. We might not be there tomorrow. Let us live a life that is influenced by Christ. We had a prayer school here yesterday. I, I took part of, uh, I was in and out of the program, but I think the later part. One thing that the man of God keep on reemphasizing is a life that is influenced by Christ. A life that, that doesn't need to tell people who I am. A life that people will see, they will say, we have seen Christ in you. And I want to go to your God. I want to know your God. So the Lord is saying, as we saw in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 this morning, 
Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. He said, And also I heard the voice saying, Whom shall I send? And he who will go for us? So then I said, Here I am, send me. So in the Sunday school department, in the sword of the spirit classes, every morning, we gather so that the Lord will equip us. Because nobody can make disciples for Christ without Christ. So the only way to make disciples, followers for Christ, is to abide in his word. Is to abide in his word. As we make up our mind to live a life that is, that is influenced by Christ, a life that can make disciples for Christ. There are a lot of lessons that we can learn. So, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We look at verse 1 to 7. And at some point, we will jump to 17 and 20. Luke Chapter 10, verse 1 to 7. We're talking about making disciples for Christ. Disciples that we abide in the word of God. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Say, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent then two by two before his face into every city, place where he himself was about to go. Lesson number one we can learn from that verse. The Lord will not send you to a place where he himself will not go. Maybe you are there you are saying, how can I do it? I have tried it before. I have tried to win souls for Christ. I have tried to make disciples for him. Perhaps you believe you got disappointed. But the Lord is saying, my son, my daughter, is not about you. If the Lord send you, he will go with you. If you look at Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then the last part of 20 says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Brethren, the Lord is counting on us to make disciples for him. We move because of time. Lesson number two. We can find that in verse two of that same Luke chapter 10. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers a few. There are so many people out there that still need to be discipled. I know there are a lot of places where everybody is born again. Good. If everybody is born again, we admonish one another. We sharpen one another. The statistics we saw for the most followed people on Twitter, the first three 
are different categories. There are still a lot of people. And the one for the religion, close to 7 billion people now, am I right? Only 2.1 billion has to follow in Christianity. So we still have a lot. That's just about 30% or about 32%. Specifically, it's at 33.1%. So what happened to the other 69? We still have to follow them. Another lesson we can learn from that verse 2, because it said, Therefore, pray that the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is of the Lord. The harvest is Christ and not man. Not not yours, not mine. Therefore, let's make disciples for Christ and not for ourselves. Because the only thing that we stand is that your life has been able to influence people that even when you are not there, they are still fervent in the things of God. That could be in your department. That could be in your local assembly. That could be in the house fellowship. That could be wherever God has placed you. Let your aim, your target be to make disciples for Christ, not for yourself. Because of time, we move to verse... Three, it said, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. God has sent us out. He knew that the wolves are there. But he has sent us out to continue that ministry of reconciliation. To continue that ministry of reconciling people. Of reconciling the unsaved. To him. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, 2 Corinthians 5.18, it said, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He has sent us into the midst of the wolves and he knew that they are there. Verse 4 talks about Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sanders. Greet no one along the road. So the lesson we can learn from there is that as we step out in faith, our sustenance is not the effort of us. Our sustenance is in the hands of God. And I think this is very, very important or very, very relevant in our time. Where there are a lot of consultations going on. The consultation is going on, in my, going on in my office at the moment. There are quite a lot of consultations out there. And most of these things are meant to distract you and I. That we will lose focus of this great commission. We've heard a lot of testimony of people who were going through challenges in life. By the help of the Holy Spirit, they choose to throw everything in for God. They were fully committed. And their testimony is that they didn't know when God sorted out everything. 
They didn't know where their breakfast came from. They didn't know how God was meeting their daily needs. And I know there are a lot of people in this auditorium this morning that have given that testimony. That same God has not changed. Are you going through challenge at the moment? That is taking your time. That is imparting negatively on the relationship that you have with God. Brethren, that is the target of the enemy. To take away your peace. To take your focus away from eternity. Today is an opportunity. And I pray that the Lord will restore us in Jesus' name. The Lord will restore us in Jesus' name. Verse 5 and 6 talks about, and if a son of peace is there, verse, verse 5 I read, but whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. And if not, it will return to you. Don't be afraid to tell people about Christ. Your protection and power belongs to God. No man can protect his life. It's only God that can protect us. We had a wonderful testimony this morning of people who were sleeping whereas their home will be broken into. There is nothing that said those people should stop at the downstairs. Because on the staircase, I don't think there was a door fully secured. If they could get into the kitchen, get into anywhere, not to stop them from going up. The only thing that stopped them from going up is God. Is God. Our protection is in the Lord. Our sustainers is in Him. He's the God that provides for the bears of the earth. He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, he said, every other thing shall be added unto us. Verse 7, he said, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. A big lesson as we go out to make disciples for Christ, we can learn from them. God has made provision. He said, whatever they provide for you, eat and drink. Have you been called into ministry? Or has God told you something he wants you to do? Or you are waiting for the business to materialize, you are waiting for every other thing to fall in shape before you will do them. What God is saying today, go, I have sent you. To the glory of God, we have a living example in this auditorium today. And I believe you and I, we are beneficiaries of that single art of obedience. He could have said, let me get every other thing sorted. But he chose to do it. He chose to obey. And that is why you and I, we are here today. And we pray that the Lord will continue to bless him for us in Jesus' name. That verse 7, the last lesson we can learn there is that don't live where God has planted you. He said, don't move from home to home. Don't move from house to house. How quickly 
no, it's like this prayer is not, they are not praying enough in this, uh, in this church. I think I, I need to go to another place. Brethren, God is the same. God is the same. There's no different God in the other place. Stay where God has planted you. Stay where God has planted you. Do not walk away from the church. Do not walk away from the department. Do not walk away from the fellowship. You are not there for man. You are there for God Almighty. Amen. Amen. So we quickly jump to verse 17. Uh, Verse 17. He said, then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. The lesson we can learn from that, that as we go out to make disciples for Christ, the demon will obey us. Amen. The demon, they will obey us. Because we are going in the name of the one that is greater, mightier, bigger, anything we can ever imagine. He said they came back rejoicing, saying, Lord, even the demon, they obeyed us. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, the Bible says, Luke 15, 7, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents from over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So when you and I obey, and through our hour of obedience, a soul is saved, a disciple is made, a follower is made, there is joy in heaven, and also there is joy on earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 19 and 20, sorry, 18 and 19, and Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So when we step out in obedience, the Lord will perform wonders. The Lord will perform wonders. No demon. That neighborhood, that community at the moment, that you are saying, ah, what is going to break this? I've been talking to this person. I've been doing this and that. But when we surrender all and go out in obedience with the mind to make disciples for Christ, he said, I saw Satan falling like lightning. He said, he has given us the authority to trample, to, to trample on serpent and scorpion. Those spirit holding people bound, we believe them. Amen. We leave them. In Acts 5.15, the Bible says, as a result, people brought the sick into the street and laid them on bears and mans so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them. When we go out in obedience, the Lord will honor our works with signs and wonders in Jesus' name. As we plan to render, where can we make disciples? We can make disciples everywhere. You know, on Wednesday, I was returning uh, back to Aberdeen, and I was just um, 
in the air. And I think that was just the question. I said, Lord, if we look at this, somebody might just say, okay, he's telling me again, go to the street and just be doing evangelism and be talking to people. Yes, it is part of it. However, that's not the only way we can do it. Amen. Amen. That's not the only way. We can make disciples for Christ everywhere. Just like as I sit on my computer or my iPad, I'm recommending friends for others. Is the desire, the purpose, the reason why we are doing what we are doing. And remember, because you are trying to disciple people that are head bound by the devil, it's not going to be the way I do Twitter and Facebook. It has to go with prayer. More has to go into that. Because you are trying to set loose, set free somebody who has been bound by a strong man. So it's different from click, hashtag. Everywhere, in our homes, in our family. The Bible said in Acts 1.18, it talks about Judea, Jerusalem, uttermost part of the earth. Let every day, far and near, let us seek to make disciples for Christ through his word. The Bible said we are the light of the world. We are the light. That is in Matthew chapter 6, chapter 5, 14 to 16. We are the light of the world. And where we read on Wednesday that John uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, I think 4 to 5 talks about the life being the light. And he said that light is the life of man. And he said that light shines in darkness, and darkness could not comprehend it. That is who we are, brethren. That is who we are. Let us not allow circumstances. Things that we are going through, they are temporary. You ask me, how did I know? There were things that we were going through in the past that we thought they were not going to go. But today, they are no more there. They will go. They are temporary. In summary, Brethren, remember that the gospel has integrity and it requires integrity to sustain it. It's not just sufficient to make disciples. We want our disciples to abide. You know, yesterday we were doing um, Sunday school retreat. One of the first things that as a teacher I was, you know, uh, that it made us to understand, I need to pray for is the rightness of my character. The rightness of my character and purity. A lot of people are not convinced to follow us to our Christ because they have not seen the difference in us. We panic more than them. We run even before they start running. We say negative things more than they will say. Where is the difference? The gospel requires integrity, humility, compassion to be sustained. 
The gospel requires the inner peace of salvation. That is the beginning. That is the starting point. Hence I said, we are making disciples for Christ. So no man can make disciples for Christ without Christ. That inner peace of salvation. That inner peace of salvation. Don't forget that Judah Iscariot was among the servity that was sent in Luke chapter 10. That returned with joy, saying, even the demon, they obeyed us. But what was the difference? In place of that inner peace of salvation, he had greed in himself. So for us to be effective, to make disciples for Christ, brethren, it goes beyond mercenaries. It requires discipline. It requires integrity. It requires humility. It requires compassion. If there is anything a believer must pray for, these four things are very, very important. Because that is the only way we can influence the world for Christ. These were the attributes of the apostles that even when they are being casted into the prison because of the integrity of the gospel, because of the integrity they need to sustain the gospel, they are praising God in the prison. Even when the prison doors are wide open, they say, go. They say, go where? We are here. God sent us here so that you can be safe. So what are you going through at the moment? It might be God has a purpose that he wants to accomplish with that. We are not like them that have no hope. We are different. We shouldn't see things the way the world sees it. Always check with the word of God. Instead of the inner peace, Judah's heart was filled with lust, with greed, and that eventually destroyed him. In verse 20 of that Luke chapter 10, Luke 10 verse 20, the, the Lord said, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the Spirit are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let's bow down our hearts and pray. Let's bow down our hearts. Are you here today? Maybe you are saying, you're talking about making disciples. My ways are not even right with the Lord. I first of all need to be discipled. Brethren, this is a great opportunity to reconcile with the Lord. Or maybe you are here, you say, I don't even have a relationship with him. How can I recommend somebody that I do not know? The Lord is here this morning to receive you. Or maybe you once had relationship with him, but things doesn't seem right again. The spirit can bear witness to that. Ask the Lord to reconcile you to himself this morning, this afternoon. 
ask the Lord to come into your life. He said, rejoice not because the demons, they bow to you or they are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. It's your name written in heaven. Can the Spirit of God bear witness with your spirit that your name is written in heaven? Brethren, the most powerful weapon a man can possess is the inner peace of salvation. That is the starting point. That is the peace that the world cannot understand. And so, Father, we bless your holy name. We thank you because you are God. I give you all the praise and all the glory for what you have done here this afternoon. I thank you for the life of your sons and daughters. I thank you because I know indeed you have spoken to their heart. We thank you for the grace to do your will. We thank you for the grace to make disciples for you. We thank you for your glory that feed this temple this day. We give you all the glory. Lord, even those that have reconciled with you this afternoon, Lord, I pray that they will never go back. Lord, you will keep them all to yourself in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we live here today, let this word daily guide our lives. That in everything we do, as a Sunday school teacher, as you teach, as an usher, everything that we do, as a sanctuary keeper, that our desire will be to make disciples for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name.